Father, we thank you for the gifts of your words. And as we think on your words and as we reflect and study your word this morning, Lord, we pray that you would assure us deeply within our hearts and our minds of your presence with us, of your blessed assurance of a place, of a way, of a hope, a help in times of trouble. We ask this in your name. I wonder if, like me, you like to have things sort of prepared for you, kind of ready for you so you don't have to do it yourself. Maybe, like me, you love going to a restaurant and uh, go to the next side there. You just have to sit and you order and the waiter brings your meal. You don't have to do the dishes later on. It's all set out beautifully for you. Or if you're going on holiday, one thing I hate is packing suitcases. What I would just love is to go in and somebody's packed it for me. I don't know who that somebody would be, but a wee bit of encouragement might help. But I love having that prepared for me. Or when you go on holiday and if you're in a really nice place, you might get a wee chocolate on a pillow waiting for you. Um, Or a nice uh, uh, bunch of flowers or or something ready for you. When we were away in April, um, when we came back every... um, Every, uh, every morning after breakfast, going to the next slide, Sam, who looked after us, prepared a beautiful wee towel animal of some description. This is a, 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 wee, a wee elephant. There's a wee note there that says, have an awesome Tuesday, which is just fabulous. And I came to expect that, you know, every, every day. It hasn't happened since, um, which I'm terribly disappointed about. And if you see him at some point, you could maybe give a wee hint. Um, but it's quite a skill. But I came to expect that, to have this prepared for me. Um, I love to have things prepared for me. Everybody does. We like to know and have the assurance that something might be ready for us, whether it is our, our dinner when we go home, or uh, a lovely lunch when we go out, or just the assurance of knowing that, that God is with us. And as we hear from this passage, we can be assured of a place for us. Jesus said, um, I go to prepare a place, a place for you. That's a place for you and for me. Um, I love uh, I love looking up words. Um, I'm terribly dyslexic, so as part of the part of the, the way of getting to uh, be able to speak better, I'm not doing too well, read better, I would always look up words. So I look up cinnamons, okay? Mainly because whenever I went to Stranmalus, the best coffee shop down the road was cinnamon, but there you go. So if we look at the word uh, cinnamon, prepare, it means to make ready, to put together, to produce arrange, set up, plan, or form. Jesus promises a place for us. Now, depending on what translation you go to, it's a place, a room, a dwelling place, a home. If you're really fancy, it might say a mansion, okay? I go to prepare a place for you. That is the assurance and promise of Jesus. And in this passage, we see that we have blessed assurance okay, that, that God has given us the way. He's given us the preparation of a place. He's given us a hope and he's given us a promise of help in times of trouble. I think if we just flip on another uh, couple of slides. Thank you so much. 
Jesus says to Thomas, Thomas asks him, uh, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we possibly know the way? I love Thomas. I think Thomas gets a bit of a bad rap, okay? Because he's known as Thomas the Doubter. But he is the first that goes and, and touches the, the, the wounds in the hands of Jesus. That's another sermon. But Jesus says to him, Thomas, you do know the way. I am the way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And again, if we look up words, the, the, is the definitive article. It means that whatever comes next is definitive. Okay? Jesus is the definitive article. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way, or a truth, or a way. You know, something you might consider following, okay? We live in a world currently where it says that whatever's true for you, that's fine. If you believe in a truth, that's fine. Whatever you want to believe, that's fine. We're told that Jesus might be a way of getting to heaven. But Jesus makes it very, very clear. In a world that tells us there might be many ways, There is one way. He says, I am the way, the life, the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to get to the place that my father is, you have to come through me. And that's difficult in the eyes of the world, isn't it? And we know this because later on in his his, uh, teaching, or earlier on in his teaching and in his parables, Jesus says things like, go to the next slide, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. We could look at that in the the terms of our world. It is easier for for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for someone who who is worldly to go into the kingdom. Jesus says there is a wide gate and there is a narrow gate. And the narrow gate, the way is narrow, but it leads to life. The life that is found in Jesus Christ. And this isn't and it shouldn't be news to us. Our blessed assurance is in the fact that he is the one true way to heaven. He's the one true way to the Father. And we can know when we follow Jesus, when we live life following him, we know we're going in the right direction. We know we're on the right path. And we know that he provides us the direction. I wonder if you grew up like me with, with one of these maps. Um, you know, like a route master map. Okay, my uh, memories of childhood are of having one map that got us, you know, from Stranraer or over to Stranraer, got us through England. And then we had another map that got us through France when we got the ferry over the other way. A literal map, okay, of uh, pages, which seems really quite um, beyond imagination now for for kids and for young people who are used to Google Maps. All you do is type it into your phone, and there you go. Actually, using a paper map is uh, is quite a quite a novelty, and I was amazed to still do this. Actually, it says 2024, but we don't need Google Maps. We don't need any other kind of map. Any other kind of way or direction, he is the way. And he promises to show us the way. Thomas, we're going back to Thomas, he says, Lord, we don't know the way. 
How can we know the way? And Jesus could rightly have said, are you seriously asking me for directions to heaven? He says, look to me. Look to me. I am the one direction. You can make as many jokes as you want there, but I am the direction. I am the way. You only need to look at me. And then we have another disciple who comes along, Philip, and he says, Lord, just show us the Father and that will be enough for us. That will be okay. But Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus explained why he was the only way to go. Because he, Jesus, was and is the perfect representation of God. He is the image of the Father. To know Jesus is to know God. To see Jesus is to see the Father. To see Jesus is to see the way and the truth and the life. We have the blessed assurance of the way. And then we have the blessed assurance of the preparation. We've already heard that Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. Whether it's a place, a room, a dwelling place, a home, a mansion. It's a place to remain. And it's a place to stay. And in the light of God's nature, it might well, you know, translate to a mansion. We know the glory of the God, but what glory of God, whatever, ever dwelling place he has for us, it will be as glorious as a mansion. And we are assured that there are many such places, many such rooms, room for all, room for all those who come in the name of the Lord. When Jesus speaks to the disciples, he sees what they don't quite see. When he says, in my Father's house there are many rooms, what he sees is the multitude. What he sees is people from every tribe and language and nation in his Father's house. Many mansions, many rooms indeed. And the blessed assurance is that there is a place for us lovingly prepared you know love prepares a welcome jesus lovingly prepares a place for those who love him and he is confident of our arrival so we can be confident of our place with him when we know him and we love him because he loves us and because we belong to him hebrews chapter 4 says this we know this so well don't we let us with confidence Draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to find help in times of need. We can be confident and assured of our place with him. We can approach him with confidence. And we have that confidence that we have that place in heaven prepared. That place is prepared. But we also have the assurance that Jesus is with us now. That he's given us another helper and if we had read on in John's gospel there in chapter 14 we would read the promise of the Holy Spirit that comes Jesus promises another helper he brings peace he brings life Jesus says to the disciples and I've got an image just these aren't the actual disciples but it's a, a, a dramatic representation of them from the chosen which is a wonderful series I think you can actually watch it free on prime or something it is Netflix, thank you. Um, you can watch it free. It's a fabulous, fabulous, beautiful uh, representation of Jesus 
and his life and his work. But Jesus says to the disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, we have to think about the the context in which Jesus is speaking to them. We have the disciples in the upper room. They're enjoying the last supper with Jesus. And in this moment in time, they had every reason to be troubled. They had every reason to be afraid because Jesus has just told them that one amongst them is a traitor who's going to betray him. He's told them that all of them are going to deny him and run away. And he's told them that that night he would leave them. Legitimately, the disciples would have been troubled. Yet Jesus told them, don't be troubled. Don't take trouble to heart. And these are the beautiful words of comfort spoken to Jesus, uh, spoken by Jesus to his friends. And they're words that are spoken to each one of us. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Believe in God. Now Jesus looks on his friends and he knows that they in this life are going to have trouble. He says this a wee bit later on. He knows their journeys. He knows the pain that they're going to face. Yet he tells them, have faith, believe, trust. That's the most comforting command. Believe in me. Instead of giving in to a troubled heart, into doubts and into that place where we say, well, or is it really, is it really, really true? Is it really what's happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Instead of giving in to a troubled heart, Jesus told them to firmly place their trust in God and in Jesus himself. And that's a radical call to trust, isn't it? To trust God the Father, to trust in the Son, to believe and trust for more. And Jesus makes this radical promise and assurance that our belief, our trust, our abiding will bring us comfort and peace to troubled hearts. And a little bit of heaven is available to us now. A little bit of heaven within our very souls. The, the writer of the hymn, Blessed Assurance, and I think there's a, there's a picture over here, and She's called Frances Crosby, and she had become blind when she was a very small baby. She wasn't born blind, but she had a, an infection in her eyes, and an inexperienced doctor had treated her, uh, hadn't treated her correctly, and she became blind. She was brought up by her grandmother, but her grandmother uh, described the world to her in a really beautiful and colourful way, and she nurtured Frances' spirit, and she nurtured her faith. And she read and she carefully explained the Bible to her. And she emphasised the importance of prayer to her granddaughter. And Frances became a really gifted poet and writer. She wrote the lyrics to many, many hymns. And many hymns will know, like Blessed Assurance. She also wrote to God for the glory. She also wrote to safe in the arms of Jesus. But one night she was with her, her friend, uh, Phoebe Knapp. Okay, there's a name for you. And she was visiting and she played a tune on the piano. And she said, Francis, what does this tune sound like to you? And Francis said, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And so began uh, the beautiful hymn, the lyrics and the music together. In what would have seemed to many like a trouble-filled life, Frances Crosby knew where her help 
and our assurance was. Blessed assurance, Jesus, mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory. Divine. She knew that Jesus, her trust was in, was that foretaste of what was to come. The promise of glory, of a place with him. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe, trust. We have this belief and trust because we're looking to the day when we will be reunited with him. When we will be united with him in uh, we will be united with Christ in heaven. Assure that one day we will be with him in his glorious presence. That we will see that glory that we only have a foretaste now this side of heaven. Jesus said, or it said of Jesus in Revelation 4, that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain for the old things have passed away. And in the meantime, he gives us the assurance and the promise of peace. And he gives us the promise of the Spirit to help us. And he gives us the certain promise of his return. If he's going away, as he said to the disciples in this moment, if he's going away, he's coming back too. We celebrate um, Advent. We're starting Advent in a, in a few weeks. Claire said it's the fifth uh, Sunday before Advent. Advent celebrates Jesus' first coming as a child. But also the season of Advent should force us and, and encourage us to look to his second Advent. His second coming, his coming again. And Jesus talks about it over and over and over again in his parables. About the one who will be returning. He talks about the landowner that goes away on a long trip. That he's given his servants each a talent or something to look after. He returns to see what they've done with it. We have the parable of the ten virgins. We have some who are ready with their, with their oil and others who have fallen asleep. They're all awaiting the return of the bridegroom. If he's going, he's coming back again. We look to his second advent. Jesus, as he's ascended in heaven in Acts chapter 1, and as we read in Acts chapter 1, um, the disciples are looking up, and suddenly two men appear, two angels appear, and they say to them, Men of Galilee, why are you looking towards the sky? Why are you looking towards heaven. This Jesus who's been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. They assure these these followers of Jesus that they're to do what Jesus has told them to do, which is to go into Jerusalem and to go into all the world and bring his good news. He tells them, don't be standing gazing into heaven. Go and do the mission of God because the assurance is that he will come and he will return. And the same Jesus will return. It reminds us that Jesus ascended into heaven, the same Jesus that ascended into heaven, the same Jesus who's seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father, is the same Jesus of the Gospels. And is the same Jesus who will return in his glory, in his love, in his grace, in his goodness goodness is wisdom and his care and he will return just as he is 
This is the, the assurance he gives us, that he left physically and he will come again physically. That he left visibly and he will return again visibly. That he left in the presence of his disciples and he will return and come again among his people. And that he left blessing the church and he will return to his church. Revelation says, behold, he comes with the clouds. He's coming again. And that's amazing news. But what do we do in the meantime with this blessed assurance? We could turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus is the most uh, wonderful short little book, a little letter in the, in the New Testament. But it's filled with really deep, deep, beautiful theology. But in Titus chapter 2 it says, For the grace of God has appeared. Who is the grace of God or what is the grace of God or what is this appearing? It is Jesus Christ himself. The grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Waiting, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. We await our blessed Hope. We look to his coming again. Sorry, folks, I've got a frog in my throat. And we look to his certain coming again. We await our blessed hope. We live as those who await him, who live as people reconciled with God and with others. We live lives dedicated to him. And we live in the blessed assurance of the restoration of the place that is to come, the place that he has prepared for us. We await our blessed assurance of a saviour who, out of his love for us, goes to prepare a place for us. He assures us that he alone is the way. And when we're on that path, we're going in the right direction. He gives us direction for life in the meantime. He gives peace and help to troubled hearts and he will come again and take us to himself we await our blessed hope our blessed assurance let's pray to him now father we thank you that in you we have assurance that when we live for you we have a place with you lord we thank you for the gift of this assurance the gift of hope and Lord, we look to you. He is our blessed hope. We look to you for our reconciliation, our restoration. And we look for your return. Lord, we offer you our hearts, our lives. And Lord, with all of ourselves, not just with our lips, we profess that you are Lord and Saviour. And we live as those of blessed assurance of our place and our hope in heaven. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen.